Authenticity is the key to great content, and you can't get more authentic than Tink's. What started with a TikTok account that kicked off mid-pandemic is now It's Me Tink's, an SXM media podcast and weekly Sirius XM radio show. In between, Tink's racked up a massive social following with 1.5 million TikTok followers and 493,000 Instagram followers. Now she's poised to take over the audio charts. In this session, recorded at Advertising Week New York 2022, Tink speaks about how she won over millions with her authentic content and how she interweaves brand support. We hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to the session. My name is Nidia Serrano. I am the Vice President of Sales Marketing at SXM Media. SXM Media is the monetization arm of SiriusXM. If you guys don't know us already, we monetize uh, solutions, advertising solutions across SiriusXM, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Pandora, and a number of other publishers. We've actually been in the business for more than 20 years, delivering advertising solutions to everyone uh, from a streaming and a satellite perspective. And we are so excited that we're now doing the same, but with podcasts. As you guys all know, podcasts have been exploding in popularity over the years, particularly because podcasts give you that ability to have an intimate connection and authenticity with the people who listen. We actually conducted a study with our Gen Z listeners, you know, the young people we all want to attract, and they told us that 64% of them said that they consider podcast hosts to be the most authentic of any other media figure. And that's compared to TV hosts, radio personalities, celebrities, and influencers. And I think that's one of the reasons why everyone in those spaces is looking to podcasts to establish that connection. And who better than Tinks? to really talk to us about how to build bonds with our audiences. We actually are very excited that Tinks is calling SiriusXM her home. She has her own satellite radio show as well as her own podcast, It's Me Tinks. And right now she's gonna be sitting here with our very own Megan Lieberman, who is our head of talk, news and entertainment at SiriusXM. And they're going to talk to you guys about the power of authentic connections. So please join me in welcoming our very own Megan Lieberman and the one and only Tinks. Get that fuzzy chair. Oh, the fuzzy chair, I love it. I know, very comfy. So uh, I know that Tinks requires no introduction to this group. Uh, as you know, she's became famous on TikTok and Instagram, and we very thankfully signed her to a three times a week podcast deal for It's Me Tinks. She comes out Monday, Wednesday, and uh, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, with the Wednesday show originating as a, a live call-in show on SiriusXM. Uh, what you might not know is that she's also the first person we ever signed to a cross-platform deal like that. And what you definitely do not know is that uh, I was introduced to her, as I'm introduced to so many great things in my life, by my daughter, uh, <laughs> who was, I think, 16 at the time, is 18 now. And she said, Mom, you know, you have to 
you have to see her. I think you'd be interested in her. She's not just a girl who dances on TikTok. I don't dance at all. Yeah. Thank God. <laughs> she said, you know, she really has something to say. And so I watched, and indeed she does have a lot to say, and I became a fan. Um, and so one thing, Tinks, I want to ask you about is how you think about talking to an audience that spans, let's just say, uh, 15 to 50. I, you know, sometimes I think about like 15 year olds watching my content and I'm like, oh my God, like I talk about blowjobs sometimes. Like, I know, this we, is talked a lot. About, we talked about at lunch how you have like 12 year olds who yeah. come to the. Yeah, I did a meet and greet recently and some 12 year olds came and I was like, should your mom be letting you watch my content? <laughs> I was kidding. But, um, you know, I'm so honored to have such a big group of people that watch my content of all ages and. I, you know, you do have to think about your audience, but I actually don't in terms of age. I think about it in terms of, it's a smorgasbord, and I, it's a little bit of everything. It's some advice, it's some comedy, it's some instruction, and I really just want people to take what they need from it. So if they need a break in their day, they can come. Not everything is gonna be for everybody, but I just try to make the content that I wanna make, and I feel like that shows up the best. And if you're 15 or 50, you can take any of it, some of it, or none of it. Right. I think to the theme of the day, um, you know, one of the things that struck me and made me realize you'd be great for audio was that in spite of the fact that social media is known for a lot of artifice, right, let's, mm -hmm. let's be honest. Yes. Um, you had a real authentic connection with the followers. And that was really obvious. And you are a real person mm -hmm. on a platform that doesn't have a lot of reality. Um, and, you know, Authenticity is critical to audio because once you strip the visuals, all yeah. you have is voice. Like mm -hmm. the audience can tell if you're trying to inhabit a character. So, how do you think about the platform similarly, differently? How do you how did you form that connection on social? That was an authentic connection. I think, honestly, I you know when I first started on TikTok. I was in such a raw place, as we all were, because it was in the pandemic, right. and I didn't really, you know, I'd be lying if I said there was some strategy. I was just, felt like I was stripped bare, and I was like, this feels right, I'm just gonna do it, and I'm so lucky and grateful that, that my career sort of started from that place, and that was the seedling, because I started that way, and I just kind of carried on that way. And then in terms of how I think about the platforms differently, obviously audio is a little bit more planned out. And it's kind of where I feel I can take my random snippets of thoughts that have been on TikTok or Instagram and flesh them out into a fully blown conversation. So I think of all my content holistically, but you know, I think of, of my Instagram, my TikTok as a little, you know, a, a little chat with my followers and, and the audio is like the real conversation. It's where we dig into it and I can have much longer thoughts. So that kind of different, you know, vibe to, to each of them. Was that the idea that you had originally? Because, you know, you had this pretty meteoric rise on social. And then I can imagine it being daunting to take on another platform so soon, right? And think, like, maybe it won't work as well as this did. Yeah. But from the minute you and I met, you were like, I want you to do a podcast. I, you know, <laughs> And I, you were so sure. I, I really wanted to have that. I think that, you know, I think you said it first to me about how intimate audio is. And I think that I always wanted that. Like, I always wanted to have a closer connection with my followers and my community. And I felt that audio was the best way, way to do that. And if I can see something in my mind's eye, I, I want to do it. And I knew already, like, I want to do a podcast. I always wanted to do a radio show, so... So one of the things I think makes you so easy to relate to for the audience is that you actually, and maybe it's because it started in the pandemic and you were just like, I'm here and this is what's happening, 
is that you're like not afraid to be vulnerable to say stuff that is not like necessarily flattering or cool like I'm a cat lady or you know I'm messy or yeah. whatever mm-hmm. but you do episodes on things that are are tough and actually cut a little bit closer like the cheating episode which yes. I love yes yes so I mean where is that that takes a lot of courage, I think, to be able to do those. Thank you. I think it's, you know, I think audiences are really smart. And I think that gone are the days where audiences will just accept um, fakeness in any kind of, in, in any realm. Like in Photoshopping, people are sick of that. It, it, I don't, I, I, for me personally, I was just bored of influencers saying, stuff that I knew was a lie, you know, about what they eat, about their relationships, about how they make money, about everything. And I think people were just, are totally done with that. So what's the alternative? It's to be vulnerable. And that's also how you create a real connection. And every time I meet one of my followers, they say, oh, I feel like I know you. And I feel like I know them too. And that's because of vulnerability. They're vulnerable with me. And so, I mean, of course, I have to be vulnerable with them in return. I have people who trust me with these massive questions. You know, they ask me advice. And and that's I take that responsibility very seriously. And the way that I, you know, one of the ways that I show respect back is by sharing my life with them. So it's it's a two way street. It really is more of more of a friendship than you know I'm just creating content and pushing it out. It's funny that you say that because we always say at SiriusXM when people ask me like what makes a good host, I always say it has to feel like this is a friend, like this is a friend in your ear, a friend in your car that you're in a conversation with someone. And yeah. I know people say that to you that they feel. They feel like it's a phone call with a friend, yes. like a girlfriend. Yeah, and I and that's why I love the radio so, show so much is because people are literally calling yeah, me, and sure. then I, and I, I honestly it just feels like they're my friends, and and that's how I'm a very casual person, so I think in that sense that really helped me too. But I just I feel like they're my friends calling me, and I love giving advice, so I feel like you know they're just an old friend, and we're catching up, and and they wanted to call. So yeah. one of the things that's amazing about live radio, um, and that. We get to incorporate in the podcast because it has that call-in element. Is that there is this incredible combination of intimacy but anonymity on the part of the caller? Yes, yes. Allows them to feel mm-hmm. open to say stuff to you that maybe if they were face to face they might not. Right. Yeah, I think that they feel safe, you know, uh, calling in because it, again, it's anonymous and it's fine. And and even on Instagram too, I think you know they know that I'll keep the I'll keep their secrets safe. So it's nice. I love the radio show. Really, it's my favorite hour of the week. I always say that, and it's just it's so fun. And I like it because it's also spontaneous for me. Like I like to be. You can't really prepare. It's just me and the caller. Like, it really just feels like me and my friend and also all the other thousands of people listening in. But I, you know. Right, but that's the thing about yeah. radio is that even if you're the kind of person who would never call in, you feel like you're in the conversation because you know that there is a real converse, live conversation going on in real time. Exactly. And so you're part of it. Yeah, and I think, you know, in today's world, which does feel so planned out and overproduced, I think that's what it is, honestly, is everything feels so overproduced. Like, even reality TV, to, which I love, now feels so overproduced. So the, the radio show, I think I love it because it's so raw. Like, I have no idea what they're going to say. And sometimes they're hard. And sometimes I have to say, God, I'm, I'm right down the middle on that one, you guys. I don't really know. Like, let sure me think about that. Yeah. I'm not sure. But, like, that's real. And I think that's why I value it so much is because it's, like, the closest touch point that I can get to my followers without, you know, meeting them, basically. Do you ever have to worry about censoring yourself? Like, it seems like such a natural impulse to pull punches occasionally or think, I wonder how this is going to sound. Yeah, I, I have this thing with 
my followers I call the banana brigade, which is just those people every morning who wake up and think, how am I going to misunderstand Tinks today? How am I going to take her words and just twist them until they're problematic? Um, but yeah, I, I do. But I try so hard not to because I know that you know my follower. That's why I have so many of these followers is because I was not censored. But it gets dif- more difficult with every follower. It gets harder and harder because you know you don't want to offend that person. You don't want to offend that person, and it, it's 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 difficult. And I think also the art of the opinion. You know, opinion is not instruction. That's something I say to my followers all the time. Like, you guys, I can say that I hated a movie because that's my opinion. And it's, I'm not, that's not hurtful. I'm not going against someone who likes the movie. And I think that that's something that people really get twisted these days to say, okay, if I say, like, I hated this movie and you like the movie, that's not a personal attack against you. That's my interpretation of a piece of art. And so I do really try to rage against you know that that fear, but it's. I would be lying if I said it wasn't really hard. And I qualify a lot. See, like I learn so much from my followers too, and I work on things in the in public with them. And one of the things that I'm working on this year, and kind of failing at, to be honest with you, is qualifying because I qualify so much because I'm so nervous and I'm just, you know, it's an instinct because of it's all the. It's a very the, female instinct. It's a very female instinct. We all qualify too much. Yeah, and everyone's Don't just do like this at home, exactly, exactly. And and I t- and I tell my followers that so not to qualify and I tell them you know take out the the word just from your emails and in that kind of or stuff I think I think exactly but it's so difficult when you get so many messages a day which are like you know just everything everything can be turned like I, people thinking that my cat is dehydrated I'm like she's not dehydrated like she has a water bowl and then all of a sudden I'm qualifying and I'm like what am I doing so it's difficult it's an uphill battle but I do try really hard because you know, and I'll, again, back to the radio show. That's why I love it so much. Is because it's the one hour where I don't really have time to think or qualify. I'm just I'm with this person, and we're just like figuring out a problem. And what's more human and beautiful than that? Does that feedback loop ever go the other way? Do you ever? Do people ever like offer advice to you that you take, or are there things yes. that you? Are there moments when you know? when followers have lifted you up from like bad moments and yes both i mean i always say that i think my followers not to toot my own horn are the coolest smartest people in the world world and they're just they're i learn so much from them and i always say i want to grow up with them and and that's you know back to your first question about age that's why i feel so lucky to have followers who are of all ages because I, you know I'll, I'll have a problem with my house or whatever and and some mom will be like oh if you put baking soda on that that'll be fine or whatever and I, like I, I really. It's. Yes, I've promised to be here for you on the kids' conversation <laughs> exactly. at whatever point you get yes, there. Yes, yeah. yes, and I, you know, I ask them advice all the time. Having followers who follow your life as closely as mine follow, as my followers follow mine, is like having personalized Google. Because I'll be like, <laughs> oh, where should I go? And you someone will be like, your life. Yeah. oh, Tinks, you're here. Yeah. You'll love this place, and you'll love the mustard. Like, make sure to get extra. And like, I know you'll eat the bun on the side yeah. or whatever. And I'm like, oh my god, you guys are amazing. So hot sauce is a dressing. Exactly. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So I I learn so much from them, and then they lift me up all the time. And sometimes they even can tell I'm sad, even if I don't tell them, because I really try not to complain. There's nothing worse than an influencer who's like, I'm sad today. It's like, okay, boohoo. Like, <laughs> um, but you know, sometimes I am, and then they'll they'll tell, they'll and and similarly, if I'm really happy. They'll tell me, and and that is just I'm gonna get tears in my eyes. They'll say, "You've been so happy lately, Tinks. Like we're so happy for you." Or you know, they'll celebrate my wins with me, and it's just 
I, I have a very, very special community. I know every influencer thinks that, but mine, it's very tight-knit. We really do know each other, and, and they lift me up, and I just, I'm so lucky to have them. Since you bring it up, how do you feel about the term influencer? Do you, do you like it? Do you embrace it? Do you reject it? What, what parts of it do you think? I've gone through so many different iterations of, or so many different feelings about the word, and, and it is kind of an eye-roll dirty word, but then I thought of some advice that I once gave um, one of my followers, and she was saying, oh, I feel like embarrassed because I'm a communications major, and I told her there's absolutely nothing embarrassing about that at all, and it's all about how you say it, and if you say, oh, I'm a comm major, you know, like, it's like, it's not that easy, really, you know, then people will think <laughs> that you did it because it's easy, but if you say, right. I'm a communications major, I want to be a news anchor, I want to go work at the New York Times, people will be like, holy shit, like, that's cool, and I was like, okay, well, I need to take my own advice and so now I say it proudly I am an influencer I take that very seriously I I influence people how how to live their lives how to spend their money like that's important and I take that responsibility very seriously because people are putting their trust in me so I'm taking back the word owning it Um, you also I know you did not come up with this moniker for yourself Vogue did um, when they called you the big sister of TikTok Mm -hmm. um how do you what what what's your have you come to have you come to similar peace with that one? Boy, that okay. really stuck that yeah. one. They said it in a, one line yes, and that indeed. is on every magazine interview every that I do now. Um, and I'm just yes, I mean I I have anxiety that people think that I called myself that, which but my real followers know that I would never call myself anything like that, like, you know, or whatever. Yeah. But but Again, I'm very proud of that. And I, I mean, think you're legitimately an advisor and sounding board and kind of life guide for a lot of these young girls. Yeah, and I think, and I think TikTok's uh, big, oh, I mean, TikTok's older sister, it's kind of like an update to the agony aunt, which is like, like such not a vibe yeah. that I, I'm like, that yeah. it's that an update. That's what yeah, I'm kind yeah. of thinking about it. It's an update to the t- term agony aunt, which just sounds like sad and I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I think anything with agony in it, like, it's a, it's a giveaway. And also, like, I'm not an aunt yet. Like, yeah. I'm not, like, I, I could be an aunt, of course, but I am more of, like, hot older sister vibes exactly. now. I mean, a thousand percent. I really want to be called an aunt, and I'm a mother of, like, basically adult children, so. Um, so, I mean, obviously, a lot, of the fe- a lot of the audience is female, but you have a lot to say to guys, and yes. how do you think about the male audience? Indeed. I do. Indeed. Men, I wish they would listen. listen. Yeah. Um, so how do you think about the male audience? And do you have men who are sort of being brought into the, into the podcast, into your universe from the, by the women in their lives? Yeah. By the I, wise women in their lives? Yeah. You know, last night, I, it was so sweet. I ran into a guy on the street, and he was like, oh, my God, I'm, I'm, the, I'm the brother of one of your followers. Like, we listen to you together sometimes. Like, it was so sweet. Um, but I think that they listen sneakily, or I think that if they're a good husband or boyfriend, they, they will, like, listen to what their wife, wives and girlfriends are listening to with them. Um, I wish that they would listen, because I feel like I have a lot of... You know, my dating advice is, is not man-hating. I, I don't like that. I don't think it's productive. I don't think it furthers the feminist cause. And... I think a lot of what I have to say is more about just being a human being and dating in this modern hellhole of social media <laughs> and apps and all that stuff. So yeah, I wish they I... would. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'll share one anecdote too. I, I was out um, a couple months ago and I had a guy come up to me at a bar in LA and he was like, I got tinxed. 
And I was like, what? And he was like, I was supposed to go on a date with this girl. And I didn't confirm until like 30 minutes before. And she said, and then she wouldn't go. And then I was like pushing her and I I was like, wait, why? Like I was, you know, blah, blah, blah. And she said, no, like Tink said, if you don't confirm in the morning of, like you don't respect my time. And I said, I am so proud of that girl. (laughs) And I said, well, now you lost your damn chance. And I hope that you confirm in the morning to show that you respect the other person's freaking time. Yes. So I wish that they would. Yeah, I think that they are. Slowly, slowly. Yes. Yes. It's a power move. Um, So one of the things, I think one of our first conversations I said to you that one of the things that struck me was that you really think like a programmer. And Mm -hmm. and not a lot of talent think like programmers. They wait for someone else to come up with the segments and, you know, kind of, this is what the news segment's going to be today. So you were obviously doing those already on on TikTok. Rich Moms, of course. Famously, but lots of segments. And so where did that instinct come from? Have you always done that? Did you always yeah. come up with like franchises that you Yeah. I, I don't have a yourself? smart answer for this one, but I've always thought in, in terms of bits. Like if right. I see something, I'm like, oh, that would be a good story. Or like, yeah. oh, that would be like a good um, like meme or something. I just think in terms of bits, which is like slowly ruining my mental health because I can't enjoy anything anymore. Where well, I'm I like, know you're constantly like, what part of my life <laughs> yeah, is this going to yeah, be? Yeah, I'm like, oh, this would make a good TikTok, and I'm, like, on a date, and they're like, wait, what? (laughs) Um, But I've always thought that way, which is, but now I feel so lucky because now it's my job, and now I have all these verticals to slot my ideas into, which is so incredible that I have, you know, whether it's an Instagram story or a radio show segment or a pod episode, it's, I just feel so endlessly lucky because it's like I finally have an outlet for how my brain naturally works, which is very cool. The best hosts mine their lives for content. That yes. is just a reality. Everything is copy. The, everything is copy. Nora Ephron. Is copy. There you go. Yeah. Um, so when did you start getting approached by brands, and how do you think about, like, what was the first big deal that you had, and then how do you think about who you work with? I, I, I started in... May of 2020, and by August, I was starting. I remember my first brand deal was a clothing um, brand deal, and they reached out to me directly, and they were like, "We'll pay you $600 to wear like a, a clo- our clothes right. in Chicago." And I was floored. I was like, oh my God. Like I called my mom. I was like, I'm going to make a little extra money. I think on the side, like this is crazy. Like, oh my God. And, and then it was just like, off to the races. Yeah. And then like a week later, Amazon called and there was some more zeros on the end of the number. And I was like, okay. Um, but it's, ah, yeah. A brand deals. What a, what a wild, what a a a wild ride. Yeah. I, I, also feel like I had an advantage because of my age about the brand deal thing because I, you know, even though I was fresh new to influencing, I was thinking, as I mentioned before, how people don't like inauthentic, you know, bad, like, you know, they're just over the fake fake influencer vibe. So I really worked hard to only influence things that I actually cared about. And also because I'd made a name for myself of being so honest that if I suddenly was like, oh, here's this thing, they'd be like, no, yeah, they don't like that. And and I've been really lucky. And a lot of that is because of my amazing team. We just, we work really hard. And I would rather, rather do one really awesome brand deal than like 10 mini brand deals. And also I think, you know, that's, you have to be careful. I think a, a big mistake that influencers can make is to do too many brand deals. And it gets annoying. And even though most of the content that I put out is free to consume, it's still, like, it's advertisement. So I'm, I'm mindful of that. And 
I think it's part of why you're, the, call, the calls to action are so like wildly successful. Is yeah. that yeah. I think the audience knows that you actually are attached to the things that you're talking about. Yeah. And the ideal situation is that I'll speak about a product naturally, and then I'll do a brand deal with them, right. and then my followers are happy for me because they know that I'm I'm really just getting paid for work that I was doing, you know, on the forefront. Right. So, yeah. Was there a moment either could have been a brand deal, could have been somebody who's just you've idolized or ever kind of knew who you were that you were like, oh, I've made it. I mean, so many cool brand deals. Obviously, doing a TikTok with Gwyneth Paltrow was like, I was not okay for three days. Like, it's, <laughs> it's just so cool. And there have been so many moments. There, yeah. there really have been. And I'm really proud of the brand deals I'm doing now. I'm doing fewer and far between, but, but really, really good ones now. And yeah. partnerships that are really tailor-made for me, and that's, you know, which is amazing. And, and, and like I said, I'd rather do one awesome one that's like a year long than like 10 mini one-offs. Yeah. So very lucky. Very lucky. Um, I think one person I know, a very powerful person who will remain nameless, was like, kind of understood like how big you were when you got, funnily enough, the Sunday at, at Craig's, a restaurant in LA, by mm -hmm. the way, for anyone who doesn't know. It was like, oh my God, because there's a very insider thing where the cool kids go. And he was like, oh my God, the Sunday. And I sent the picture and he was like, oh, I get it. Yeah. It, well, it, it, I love that Sunday. I love ice cream. And <laughs> that was, that was another kind of fun way to do brand deals that, you know, I, I know a lot of influencers have collabs, but one thing that my community knows me for is like my specific orders and my specific yeah. food stuff. Well, you're very specific. I'm very specific, very specific. person. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's been fun to do that. Erewhon smoothie, the Chipotle bowl, the, the Sunday at Craig's. I love that stuff. Yeah. It's very fun. Um, if someone's never listened to the podcast and you had to say like, and wanted to kind of dip in. Mm -hmm. Audio sampling is hard, right? It's yeah. not that easy to figure it out. Like, what are, what's an episode or a couple of those you would say, like, this is a good sense of who I am and what I do on this podcast? I know. I always think about that. If you were to go to, you know, my, my show page and you got were scrolling. I got a lot of shows. And I try to title them so that people, I always want it to be like a little buffet where you can, like, take what you need. So I would ask someone who had never listened to my show to think about, like, what do you need? I mean, some episodes that I'm really proud of are Five Ways to Raise Your Self-Esteem, Five Ways to Raise Your Confidence, Body Image Part One. Um, the body image thing is a series because I've listened. To, I, yeah. I know I've caught at least a few of yeah. at least like two or three of them. Yeah, yeah, those those ones I really are so meaningful to me because they're so I, universal. They, they're so universal. Everybody struggles with body image issues, especially women. And I really, really try to be the influencer that I needed when I was in my twenties because when I was in my twenties, we were in the era of like crazy photoshopping like oh, girls just being like fake eating pizza on Instagram and on me being like wait what is going on because I don't look like that and I don't even eat the pizza so what what's happening so those images are those episodes are so that yeah those are really special to me and and I get a lot of good feedback on those so I'm I'm proud of them yeah I won't ask you for like a 5 year plan cuz <laughs> that would be a lot um, but what are some like what are things you are thinking about it sort of, I mean, I want you to say very, very committed to the podcasting. Yeah. But now I know this is your, your first love of, na of knife now, but like, what are things you're looking to do next? No, I, in all seriousness, when I was thinking about the answer to this question, I want to be amazing at radio and I want to be amazing at my podcast. And I think a lot of people view 
you know, things like getting a podcast or a radio show is like a ticket off the right. list. But I kind of view it as the opposite. It was like my starting point. Like I literally want to be the next Howard. I want to get so good. And I, the way that I do that is trying to be 1% better every single day and 1% better every single show. And I, I, I even listen back to some, some of my first episodes and I cringe because I'm like, oh my God, I, like, I was so bad then. And No, you were not. I, feel... I was there for your very first recording. You were I great. know. I was so nervous, remember? I know. Oh my I, had God. Go, I had to go wait outside, by the way. Outside the studio. I She's like, never... I can't... I, I was so... I, you guys, I was freaking out on my first one after I had kicked and screamed for a year about how much I wanted a podcast. I was freaking out because I wanted to be I good. I pushing it. I was like, we're not going to launch until we're ready. <laughs> and it was pre-recorded. So, like, why was I yeah. so scared? Anyway. Um, but I, I really just want to get even better and I want to continue to strengthen my relationship with, um, my, my followers. Like I, I feel like we're in a relationship and it's, we're just getting started. I always say I want to grow up with them and I, I am, and I, I already have so much and it's, it's really cool to see. And then, you know, exploring other mediums, of course, I, I love to tell stories. I love to connect with people. Um, and so I think just thinking about new ways to do that would be, would be my next step for sure. Okay, I think I'm getting the, I think I'm getting the, this the, thing. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> I, I, I want to end because you and I are both big fans of mantras. Yes. I want to end on, 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 on mantras. So uh, two of yours that I really love are Comparison is the Thief of Joy. Mm-hmm. And I think more relevant to me than to you, you're not too old and it's not too late. I love that um, one. <laughs> which is the one I love. Uh, but are there ones you like say to yourself on a regular basis? Which one am I loving now? Um, I love the mantra... The words you speak become the house you live in. And since we are an audio team, I think that's a very apt one for today. And I, I think to me that means the, you know, it's it's a manifestation thing if you want to get a little woo-woo. But it's also about how I'm a yogi. It's, you can be there you go. There you go. It's also about how you talk to yourself. So if you're constantly talking badly to yourself and being negative and saying, I can't do this. I look ugly today, blah, blah, blah. Like that will be the house you live in. And if you say I'm capable, like I can do this, I can achieve my goals. I'm good. I'm worthy of love. Like that will be the house you live in. And I wish that I had known that mantra when I was younger, especially in my twenties. I wish that someone had told me that message. So it, you know, it, it's relevant to everybody, but yeah, uh, that's the one I want to leave you guys with today. For the day. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for coming. Thank you, guys. Thanks for listening. For more content like this and to learn about Advertising Week's world-leading events for the advertising, marketing, and technology industries, visit www.advertisingweek.com. Thank you.